What I've decided to do is kind of blend the message over two Sundays. And we're going to be, we're going to start with a verse that we hear every year at Christmas. But if you really want to know the truth, it's not a Christmas verse. It's actually what the Bible refers to as a prophetic verse. Because it happened thousands of years before Jesus ever actually came to the earth. And it happened exactly like the prophet Isaiah said it would. If you look in Isaiah chapter 9, and again, if you're new joining us, you can go to your U version, look at events, click B Church, and then Believer's Church or BC Sylvania, I think it is, and all the verses, all the notes and points are all there for you to keep um, as long as you would like. So here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and one of the names I want to hang on today is this last one, Prince of Peace. If you go on to verse 7, it says that his government, in other words, his kingdom, and its peace, and this is important, say this with me, its peace will never end. One more time, it will never end. See, we need to remember that this morning. Um, Over the last probably 48 hours, I don't know, probably 72 hours, as we knew this storm was coming, you know, we, we started getting some texts and messages from some mamas, and, and we, I get it. We were trying to figure out how do we approach this storm's coming, it's raining, you know, do we move it to next week? Well, we can't next week because we've got people that plan to be here today, for some of you are visiting today, and, you know, the last couple of days, as far as getting our kids here, there hasn't been a whole lot of peace, because I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to move something and somebody plan for it to come this week or come next week and you can't come, you know, whatever it may be. And so there's not been a whole lot of peace. It's been trying to figure out how we do it, how do we get kids. What you guys may not have seen is we had a team of people out in our church vans hauling all those kids over and back so they could come over and notice they were nice and dry. So they brought them over and took them back and, and took care of, you know, and it works. But sometimes our life kind of resembles that. You have to go to plan B. You have to go to plan C. And anybody ever been in like plan D, E, F? And then you get into like Roman numerals. It's like when they do storms and they run out of names, you know? I feel like sometimes our lives are like that. But the Bible said God sent his son to earth as a baby. He was given to us, this prince of peace. Now, if you're here regularly, you'll know I don't do a lot of Greek and Hebrew. But as I looked this verse and was praying about this verse, I want you to see what the original Hebrew, the Prince of Peace, it's this word, it's two words actually called Sar Shalom. Most of you probably heard somebody, especially of the, of the Jewish faith, they will, they'll say Shalom. It's a hello, how are you, bless you. Um, and it actually, i show you what it means here. If you look on the screen behind me, it'll say Shalom means peace, rest, tranquility, wholeness. That's what they're wishing upon you when somebody says that. But I want, to, I want you to look at the first word now. It's this word sar. And it actually translates Lord, Chief, General, the one, note the capital O, the one in charge. And what's interesting, if you look through the Bible and you word search the Bible, the word Lord in the Bible in both Greek and the Hebrew, the word for Lord is listed 7,800 times, 7,800 times. But we would say all, 
we would question and maybe we stumble with G- making Jesus our Lord, letting him be in charge. We would say, no, I, I, just, I need a Savior. But look how many times Savior is in the Bible. 36. I think God's trying to tell us something. We see all the stickers, you know, the bumper stickers, and if you have one, I'm not banging on you, but I might have laughed at you a little bit. You know, we have the stickers on our bumper that says, God is my co-pilot, right? Or God's driving this vehicle. And some of us would say that can't be true because God must be a terrible driver because you're in the way, you know. It's always the car in the way between here and Statesburg that has one of the God is my driver sticker. And like somebody needs to tell God to go faster because this is too slow. But this word, Lord, is only in, is in there 7,800 times, Savior in there 36. See, the truth is we need both. We need a Savior, right? We need somebody to bridge the gaps and pay our bill, pay this for the sin of our lives to be able to get to heaven. But I would put it forward to you that as people who have a Savior, once we have a Savior, we even more need a Lord. We need somebody that can lead us and guide us. Peace is not here because we do life on our own. Peace is in our life because we let Jesus, and we, through Jesus, let God lead our life. If your life is one of turmoil, I would begin to question, he may be your Savior, but is he your Lord? A lot of us will say, if we're honest, now keep in mind, I want to ask, be honest, have you ever said this? I know we're all super spiritual, we're all super mature Christians, you know, we read our Bible every day, we pray for two hours every day, right? All of us. Yeah, right. Don't lie. But I, 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 a lot of us struggle with God being my Savior, but what we struggle with is God being my Lord. In other words, He's in charge. We ask Him what to do. We ask Him where to go. We listen for His voice through the Holy Spirit. We say, okay, God, how do you want me to respond to this? How do you want me to take, you know, do my, go through my day? See, we don't, we don't want to let God lead. And, I, and I, people tell me all the time, I, just, I needed a Savior. I need to know my, my eternity secure. But I can do everything else myself. And my standard response is, okay, go ahead. Because you'll be back. I don't think you're any different than the children of Israel. The ch- and the Bible says they went around the mountain for 40 years. The literal mountain. And every year, I think God, they brought them back around and... and the father was like, hey, y'all done yet? No, we got it. We, we think we know where we're... You think by the 38th, 39th, 40th time, they would go, I ain't going back around that mountain. It would be like us, you know, if we're walking, you walk for a year, half a year out, and you walk for half a year back. Somewhere in those 20, 30 years, I would be like, y'all can go, but I'm going to stay right here until God tells me. It may be because I'm lazy, but this is too much walking just to be wandering around. And they were wandering around the desert. So we're okay having a Savior, but I don't know if I really can have a Lord. See, Israel went around in circles. The Bible says they were doing their own thing. Proverbs says, in Proverbs chapter 3, it says that, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. And then the second part, verse 2, that says, For they will prolong your life for many years. And if you just do what God says, he'll bring you peace and prosperity. Now, teenagers in the room, maybe even up through college age in the room, I need you to look at me real quick. 
This verse will save you a lot of trouble. If you just listen, listen on Wednesday nights when you're in youth group and your small group, and Miss, Mr. Eric, Miss Jean, they're teaching you a verse, and, or when you're here on Sunday morning, somebody says something about take what God's saying and just do what it says. It will bring you more peace and prosperity than you trying to do your own thing. I tell my girls all the time, it will go much better for you. No matter what you think, if you'll just do what I tell you to, it always will go better for you. And they're starting to learn, hey, it is better. Because I'm, I as a father, and even my father, I would rather have daddy pleased and excited with me than angry and aggravated with me. Amen? And a lot of us, we don't hold things close. Because the truth of the matter is, and the reason we need a Lord is because outside of God leading us, outside of God's leading, there is no peace. Us making our own decisions, us deciding our own course of life, if we're honest, it's not been a peaceful journey. And I can tell you as somebody who's walked through times, just like I'm sure you have, times when I know God gave me some direction and it didn't make sense in here, but I did it anyway and I'll walk through it in peace. Then there's other times where I knew what God was telling me to do here, but I let this pee between my ears make the decision, and it wasn't peaceful, and it wasn't prosperity. And things were coming at me that I never could have thought of. Why? Because God saw it. If I'd have just listened. And so having a Lord is much different than just having a Savior. He saves us, and he's, he's made our eternity secure but if we don't have him leading, we're in trouble. See, the devil is doing everything he can, especially in Christmas, to push the world ahead of, of God, push the world ahead of the Bible, to push the world. I saw a, an argument, I can't remember, it was on one of the news channels, between an atheist and a Christian. And my thought was, what dumb Christian would agree to this debate on TV? And they had them debating whether it was okay to say Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas. And they just went around in circles. Instead of just saying, I don't care what you say, Jesus is still Lord and he loves you whether you say Holiday or Merry Christmas. Now, what is the season about? It's about Jesus. It's about him being our Savior, but even beyond that, him being our Lord. Because the truth of the matter is, the devil's not dumb. He's trying to keep you away from God because peace is a product of lordship. Now, there does come peace with a savior. But beyond that, my peace is that I've got a, a God out in front of me. The Bible says this, and this is not in your notes, but there's a verse that says that God sends his Holy Spirit out in front of you so that when you get there, he's already taken care of it. It also says that he, he goes ahead of you and then he gives you favor with God. And here's the part I love, with men. Have you ever walked in somewhere, maybe to a, a store somewhere, or maybe you're returning something, or you've got somebody you know, on the phone or the, you know, the Amazon chat thing trying to get them to return something? And in your mind, you're just knowing this is not going to go well, right? You're going to argue and try not to lose your salvation over trying to return something that you didn't want anyway. And we try to, but there's, there's an amazing thing. And I've, I've started doing this, and you're all going to laugh at me because and Melanie, will, when we were in school, 
at Oral Roberts University, the, the, the president at the time, his wife and, we, and the whole student body made fun of her in, for saying this. But I do get the point. She would pull into a, and she was part of the old name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, like super faith movement. Like it was kind of wacky, but she would pull into a parking lot like at Walmart. And when she would pull in, she would say, thank you, God, for my front row parking spot. And she would pull up and she swears I'd pull up and there's my spot. Why? Because the Bible says that he gives you favor. I think some of us would have a whole lot more peace in our lives if we just said, God, before I walk in here to talk to my kids' teachers, I need you to go in there and make some peace, right? Anybody ever gone into your kids' teachers and like the last thing on your mind is peace, right? You're getting ready, sorry for your teachers, but you know, most of the time the parents, unless you tell them ahead of time, it's good and we're gonna celebrate your kid, they come loaded for bear because they're, they're there to defend the kids. But you go into it, you ask God for favor and the devil's everything, doing everything he can to keep you from lordship because he, know that, he knows that peace is a product of lordship. God's in charge. I don't have to worry about it. I know some of you are, you know, maybe afraid of flying. And I love getting on the airplane with people and I've taken some of you guys to Honduras and, and been able to tell, it's going to be okay. God's in charge. He knows what's going on. He's going to get us here. And he's going to get us there. and He's going to get us back. You can relax. There's peace in knowing that God's in charge. See, the devil pushes this idea that, that peace and rest and wholeness can be found through, you know, meditative inner, inner self-help. There's, there's other ways to find peace besides God. That what you're, we begin to, to tell God that telling God his, his way doesn't work because I can do it myself. It's, it's self-help books. It's, it's um, remember that remember the word for Lord is used 7,800 times. God's trying to tell us something. He says, let me lead. Let me be in charge. You'll follow me. And that is where he, why he is our prince of peace. Remember, this is used 7,800 times. Isaiah 9, look at the, sec, the seventh verse. It says, his government and his peace will never end. In Acts chapter 10, verse 36, the message of good news for the people of Israel is that there is peace. How? Through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. The devil steals peace by trying to insert. He, he tries to remove Jesus from Christmas. He gets us focused on the, the, the gift that somebody else is giving instead of the gift that God's giving us. The devil steals our peace because he pushes us out from under what I would say is God's umbrella. Because truth is, peace is only under God's umbrella of his faithfulness. See, we're not questioning our faithfulness because our faithfulness, we're going to wane. Peace comes when I can stand under God's umbrella. I mean, very, very quite literally today. And understand that peace comes because I'm under his umbrella. And his umbrella is always going to be there. And he's always going to have my back. And he's always going to show up. He may not show up when I want him to. He may not show up when I think he should show up. But the Bible says that he's faithful. Psalms 118 says, let's try that again. Psalms 118.6 says this, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And that's in the Old Testament. Let's look at the New Testament. See if you see any of these words again in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 13 it's talking about money, but it's, it's really applicable to all aspects of our life. It says, be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I will never fail you. 
I will never abandon you. Verse 6, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. Again, what can mere people do to me? Now back to Psalms in Psalms 4, 8. I know it's a lot of scripture rapid fire, but they'll all be in the notes. Psalms 4, verse 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, you will keep me. You'll keep me safe. And as I read that, that's one of the most vulnerable times in our life, if you really, really think about it. Especially if you're, like some of you I know, are super, anybody a super hard sleeper? Like the world outside could explode and you would never know it. I, I'm probably becoming more that way now. As I, get, as I get older, as a younger, I wasn't. Like if the light came on outside, I would wake up. But as I remember this, I'm thinking about sleeping and how vulnerable and open you are to whatever. If somebody can sneak up on you, that's the time to get you. And, the, and God's saying here, listen, even when you lay down, you can sleep in peace because you're under my umbrella. You can sleep in peace because I'm going to keep you safe. And that only happens when we let God lead, when we let God be our prince of peace. You need to know this. It should, should be true for all of us, that peace has one source. Notice the one is capitalized there. Again, the devil tries to convince us and the world tries to convince us that it can come from about anywhere. Oprah Winfrey has books and you know she used to do her book club and they would all these books on self-help and doing it better yourself and think it, you know, you can I don't care what kind of help you may get from here. Peace only has one source. And as we go through Christmas, I want you to begin to think if you're lacking peace, why? If my life is chaotic, why? Look what the Bible says in Psalm 29. It says the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Remember, we have a Savior, so we, that makes us his people. The Lord blesses us with peace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's eyes, how do we do that? Remember, that's the Savior part. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And I think a lot of us have this uneasy. That's where the, we get the word dis-ease. A disease, something is out of place, something is wrong. And that just because the Bible says God gave us peace through what Jesus has done for us. And I wonder, I, I put some phrases I'm going to put up here, I'm just, and I want you to take note, are any, any of these true? If one's true, then we, got, we can talk about it. If all of them are true, it's the same answer to all of them. The first one is, I lack peace. When I get up in the morning, I lack peace. I can't settle myself. Maybe, th maybe this one. My life is chaotic. Anybody feel like they live that way? It's just, I had a friend who, who described his life as he was the ball in a, a pinball machine. And that he felt like every morning he just got launched into the pinball and it was just a ding, 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 ding. And he said, finally, somewhere at the end of the day, like him, I managed to fall back in the hole at the, at the end. See, that's not how God designed us to live. Even as we celebrate Christmas, the Bible says he's our wonderful counselor. He's our everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. That's not how God designed us and built us to live. Maybe you say, I always feel uneasy. 
Emma, my oldest, just doesn't like like uh, bridges, swinging bridges, or the, um, I used to work on a lot of catwalks where you could see through them, you know? You could, or maybe if you've ever been to the Empire State Building or one of the big, big attractions where you can see through the floor down hundreds of feet. And it's that feeling of like something's moving when nothing really moves. Not too long ago, Melon and I took a few days and it was a Sunday I missed and we got to go on a, a short cruise and it was really rough, which most people hate. We love. It was great sleeping. I mean, it was rough, rough, like people getting sick everywhere. So we just stayed in our room because we loved it. But I, I remember when I got home, I told her I, I was fine until I got in the shower. And I got in the shower, and I would swear to you my house was doing this. And I would, I would physically put my hands on the wall because my brain was telling me that I was doing this. When I mentally understood there's no way. If my house is moving, then we got bigger problems, right? You see, it's that uneasy feeling of things just don't seem right. What's wrong? What's coming next? Anybody have that thought? The phrase I hate. I don't say this, and I hate this phrase. If something bad happens, and we say, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, who said another shoe's got to drop? Why can't you trust God that that was the only shoe? That was that uneasy feeling. That peace would say, God, I know something happened I can't really explain, but I'm trusting you got this under control. Instead, we kind of push God aside. We don't look for God. We start scanning the horizon for turmoil. And we start, you know, then we question everybody. We question what's going on. We don't trust anyone. Maybe you say, I'm always nervous. Anybody have those friends or maybe that's you? It's like the cat in a room full of rocking chairs. They're just always, they jump. These people are actually a lot of fun to fly with. I was flying with the... I think this year, at this year, some point, I was flying, and the guy sitting next to me was on the, on the, we were sitting right at the wing, and he was against the wing, and right as we go to land, if you don't know, when you land, there's these things called flaps, and they come out of the back of the plane, and if you don't know what you're looking at, it looks like the plane's coming apart, and uh, so the guy had been chatting, he, he had made some jokes back and forth, and I, and I'd kind of forgotten that he was a little nervous about flying, and I looked over, and I said, ooh, I don't know if it's supposed to do that. That was the wrong thing to say. He grabbed the chairs. He's he goes, I can pray. I gotta pray. I don't even know how to pray, but I'm gonna pray. Because if there's God, you guys say, man, he just he just flipped out. Well, he was he said, I'm just I'm always on edge, I'm always on nervous, and I gave him something to freak out about. And see, that's just not what God does. God says, No, relax. That if you really had to trust God and we trust him to the fullest, no matter what happens with the wing, God's gonna take care of me. Because we understand that he's my source. Or maybe you say this, I, I live in fear. Ushers, you guys can do your thing, band. You guys can head back up. You say, I live in fear. I live in fear of getting a diagnosis. I live in fear of getting it returning. I get in fear of, of my kids getting, getting hurt or in trouble. I live in fear of my spouse cheating on me. I live in fear of running out of money. I live in fear of work. I live in fear of anybody, hit on anybody yet. See, the Bible says you don't have to live in fear. 
I didn't give you this verse, but there's a verse in the New Testament that says God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a, one version says peace, power, and, and a sound mind. So this morning as we head toward Christmas, I don't want you to live in fear. I want to give you something you can take steps. If you would say, Clint, one of those fits me, and I need to get over it. I need help. Well, then you need to know this last point. That peace increases when you get closer to the Prince of Peace. You can talk about it all day long. You can, I, I think sometimes we ask God for things, and he's telling us, if you just take a step forward, for those of you who've been around a while, are out on the sign and you see it outside, we always talk about taking one step. For most of you, your peace is just one step forward. It's one step closer. The Bible's very clear what happens, that he's, what he's giving us. John 14 says this, that I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give, here, here we go. The Bible, I mean, the world will tell you, no, I can, there's nothing wrong with medicine. You can get that in medicine. Medicine will get you maybe started, but true peace is not going to come that way. I'll give you peace the world can't give you. You find peace in a person. That's not going to last. It's not, it's not true peace from the Prince of Peace. That the gift I give you, the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or in fear or afraid. Look what the Bible says in James. That come close to God, and he does what? Comes close to you. In other words, you take us, I believe this. I think God's right there in front of us. When we take one step, we're there face to face. I think he stays with us the whole time. I've heard another friend of mine describe it as you take one step and God closes whatever gap is left. It's just that one step that, he, that he's watching for. It says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts. And you can't live trying to get a little piece from here and a little piece from there. The Bible says you have to have a Lord. And for God, and for Jesus, our Prince of Peace, to truly be our Lord, then he has to, has to have it all. Then 2 Peter, you can go ahead and stand, and we're going to close with this today. 2 Peter 1, verse 2, says, May God give you more and more grace and peace. And then it pauses, as. And he adds this, as, as you do something, as you grow in your knowledge, as you move closer to him, to who? To the Father, to your Lord of God and Jesus our Lord. Well, how can they be both? How can God be Lord and Jesus be Lord? Because this verse would be confusing. What does the Bible say about Jesus? Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've what? You've seen God. That's why this verse can be true. So how can God be Lord and Jesus, his son, be Lord? Because the Bible says if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Lord. You've seen God. And if you want to get, if you're the one and you want to get in splitting hairs on this, we need to have another discussion because my peace comes from the fact that God's my father and he sent his son during this Christmas time that was prophesied thousands and thousands of years ago to happen exactly like it did down to the donkey that Mary rode in on down to the to the um to the manger down to the donkey that jesus would eventually ride into to be executed for us so this morning if you would if you'll bow your head and close your eyes 
I'm gonna pray and bless you. Then we're, we're gonna sing one more song on our way out. But before we go, I just want you to know this. You can start today. If you would say, Clint, first, I don't have the, I can't make him my Lord because he's not my savior. The Bible says for that, it's this easy. That you can believe it in your heart. You can confess it with your mouth. That's all, that's all it says. And it's say you have to understand it, that Jesus died for you, that he did come. He was sin as a child. He was perfect. He was sinless. He paid the price for you. And the Bible says that salvation is yours. And it's that simple. Something like this. You can pray it. If, if you want to pray it with me right now, then go ahead. It's Lord Jesus, today, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I don't understand it all, God, but I believe who you are and I confess it with my mouth and I believe it in my heart. And God, now help me. Help me get better. Help me grow. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that simple. Now for you this morning, before I pray, also to my right, to your left over here. I think Mr. John and Ms. Tanya are over there today. Don't ever leave. During this last song, if you want to go have somebody pray with you, please make your way over there. We do it during the last song so the lights are still down and you don't have to worry about people watching you. You can just, because it does you something good to join hands with somebody else and have them just agree with you that what you believe and what I believe God sees and he's going to do something. Amen. If you're believing for your kids to return home and come back to God, if you're believing for a marriage to be healed, if you're believing for a, a, a sickness for God to heal you, grab hands with somebody. Don't leave today. We're going to sing the song in a minute. He's a good, good father. And it repeats and says, it's who you are. He can't be anything else but the Prince of Peace. He moves. He's our Savior but he's also in charge. He's also leading us this morning. Amen. Amen. God, I thank you this morning as we close today and we sing these words. God, they're not just words on a screen or God, they're, they're our true heart that you are a good, good father. And we love you and we trust you. For all those in the room as we enter in now into this Christmas season, God, and peace seems hard to come by. We thank you, God, that just, just like you would enter a room, that God, you enter our lives that you are the Prince of Peace. God, you're our everlasting Father. When we need help, you're there to counsel us. But God, today, because you're our Lord, we're gonna follow you. We're gonna listen and let peace come in our lives. And we thank you for it now, Father.